Good morning, Faith family. Um, it is good to be with you guys this morning, even in this unique way. In case you don't know, my name is Jason. I'm one of the pastors here in Covenant. I want to start this morning going right to God's Word. Matthew 13, 44. This is the words of Jesus sharing this parable. He says, Jesus says, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has, and he buys that field. It's like a treasure hidden in the field. The kingdom of God following Jesus is like a, key, it's like a treasure hidden in a field. And so I want us all right now, as you're in your living rooms, wherever you're at, to ask this question to yourself. What is your treasure? Jesus says the great treasure of following him, being with Jesus, is like a treasure hidden in the field. But for you in your life, what is your functional treasure? You know, for, for many of us, it's easy to tell. What are the things that you're always thinking about? I mean, during this season, it's so easy to have our mind just consume with different things. What is your mind worrying about? What are the things that bring you the most enjoyment in your life, or the most joy in your life? What do you spend your money on? What is your treasure? Listen, the, the past few weeks has done nothing but reveal what our treasure is, right? Through just this, it's almost like we've been in a snow globe, just everything being just shook up. And from that, in my own life, these past few weeks, just so many, just one thing after another has come to the surface and said, oh, this right here is like this unsecured treasure that I have, this thing that I'm putting way too much hope in and faith in. Because here's the thing, um, as we're talking, as we're wrapping up the Family Summit, and we think about pouring into our kids and our families and to others, here's what I want to say, what I thought about this week. Whatever your treasure is, whatever that thing is, or the things are, that is what you're going to ultimately pass down to your kids. The thing that you truly love, that you truly give your time to, your money to, your kids see that, and that's what is functionally passed down to them. Which is, I think about that statement, it brings lots of conviction and tension in our lives. But I don't mean, I don't want us to just kind of run away from that tension or that conviction. I want us to lean into that and then go to God's Word and let God's Word begin to speak to us and encourage us and shape us. So today we're going to Psalm 78 and let the psalmist and the Word of God truly begin to speak to us. Psalm 78 verse 1 says this, Give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. Right here, the psalmist is just declaring to the people and God to us today to kind of lean in. Uh, well, I know we're on a couch, might be in pajamas right now, I have no idea. But I would encourage you to lean in, to give your ear to the word of God this morning. Let the word of God begin to shape us, encourage us, and, shape, and, and change us. Verse 2, I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old, things that we have heard and known, that our fathers have told us. We will not hide from them their children, but tell them to the coming generations the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done. He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach their children, that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, 
and arise and tell them to their children so that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. There's three things today about this passage I want us to look at that I think can uh, encourage us, but also begin to maybe move us or shift us towards what ultimately is our, our great legacy, which is the next generation. The first thing is this right here. We must remember our hope. And listen, during this, this crisis right now, this is, just as a pastor, uh, as, a, as, a, as a friend with you guys, my prayer is that we as a people can just remember our hope. Look at verse 7 and 8 again. It says here, that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep His commandments, that they should not be like their fathers. A stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation whose heart was not steadfast, whose spirit was not faithful to God. This is the gut check moment for all of us in this worship gathering, Zoom call, whatever this is right now. This is the gut check for all of us, right? Is where is our hope? Where is the thing? Where is our treasure right now? The psalmist here describes walking away from the true hope like this. He uses the word stubborn. Just set in their way, stubborn. He says here, not steadfast. They're going up and down. They do not keep the law and God's commandments. And finally, the thing that I think is most pressing for us today, we see here is they forgot. They forgot. This was the God who parted the Red Sea. This is the God who rained down manna from heaven. This is the God for us today who sent Jesus pay the price for our sins, and make us right with God. We must not forget. And so ultimately, when we lose our hope, we forget our treasure. It's about forgetting what God has done and who God is. Listen, there's so many things in this world that lead to us forgetting, right? We're busy, there's stuff going on, all this. But here's what I'm going to say right now. In this unique season of life, as hard as it is, and I don't say this flippantly for those that are in financial trouble or even sick possibly. I don't say that flippantly. But this, is, this season, it is an opportunity where literally nothing else matters right now. Listen, here's the truth, friends. Every one of us one day is going to die. We're left with no money and, and no body, none of those things. Ultimately, what really matters is where is our hope? Where is our treasure? Have we forgotten those things? Have we left those things behind? Here's the phrase that I've... So this week, full disclosure, tried to do a little jogging this week. Um, and Because I, I said to myself, listen, if I don't exercise now, it's just never going to happen, right? Well, here's the thing as I was preparing for this that I said to myself, listen, if we don't, if we don't pursue the treasure of God right now, I'm afraid we never will. Because at this moment, we have no excuses. We can't go anywhere. Nothing to do. We have plenty of time on our hands. If we don't, if we don't pursue this treasure now, um, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Listen, the conviction we, we feel from this statement, that conviction should lead us to simply humbling ourselves and then coming back to our great hope. This great hope that we always have, this steadfast Savior. When we weren't steadfast, He was. And to let the great treasure, let that conviction lead us back to Him. 
to remember our great hope. But here's the even better news. That as we remember this great hope, as we begin to kind of walk back in these rhythms and, and walk in the treasure of following God, it's not just about us. It doesn't just end here. That we have literally a chance to shape a legacy, which is our second point, that we must focus our legacy. We must focus our legacy. Look at the picture of legacy just in this passage. You see here in verse 3 this phrase of our parents, talking about their fathers and their parents, the ones before them. Verse 4, their children, our own generation. Verse 4 also says the next generation, which is the next our generation, right? And then there's in verse 5 it says our fathers, which is the generation even before their parents, the ones who went way before there. And then you see here all the generations between those people and their own parents in verse 5. We see all these things, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren. It's this picture from the psalmist of generation after generation after generation. It's easy to see the psalmist is not giving some specific generation count. What he's doing, he's going so far backwards and so far forwards to give us this picture of what legacy really looks like. See, as we begin with God's call to Abraham, it's this time where there began to be a certain people called God's people. God commanded adults to teach the children. That goes all the way back to Abraham. And even to today, that was the pattern, the rhythm. We are part, a part of a millennia-long line with the same command and responsibility to teach our children what the first generation had. We're just linking arms with generation and generations of God's people. And here's the thing. No one that's watching this is outside of that responsibility because there's parents, there's grandparents, there's aunts, there's uncles. We are all a part of this just generation after generation passing down the legacy of the hope that we have. Every person is a part of building this legacy. But here's this big idea on legacy. The hope you have. And I'll remind you of this hope. Hebrews 12. We've been reminded of the shakiness of our world lately. And we see here in Hebrews 12, verse 28. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. The hope we have, the unshakable hope of God's power and love for us, his people, leaves us with great hope. But here is the even better news, is that we have hope to pass on. The hope that you have has a person in your life to pass it on to. It could be a child, a grandchild, a niece, a nephew, a teenager. It could be a neighbor. But the hope you've been given has a person to be passed down to. And that's the beauty of this season. We've been using phrases like um, you're essential, you're not essential, kind of with your job. Here's what I want to tell us today. This hope we have, passing this hope down, it's the essential thing. All the non-essentials in this season are kind of pushed to the side. And that is a gift and a blessing for us, the people of God, to move forward and focus on what essential is. It's remembering the hope and passing this hope down to the next legacy. So the question is, how do we pass this legacy down? How do we actually begin to do this as a people? Which is our third point. 
We must commit to the rhythm of passing this legacy down. We must first remember our hope. Second, we must focus our legacy. Who are our people God has sent us to? And third thing, we must commit to the rhythm, the everyday rhythm, the monotonous rhythm sometimes of passing this legacy and hope down. Verse 5, he says here, he established a testimony in Jacob. He started this thing, right? And then he appointed a law in Israel, which then he commanded our fathers to teach their children. There is this literal passing down that is the role of the parent to teach their children of the hope they have. So why is it such a big deal? Look at the reasons the psalmist gives for our rhythms here in verse 7. He says that they, and that they is our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren. Who are your people? Who is your legacy focused on? That they should set their hope in God. We talked about treasure earlier. And if you have tasted and seen, right, the Lord is good, you know of this great treasure. And so this great hope, there's nothing more essential than passing this great treasure down, this unshakable hope that we have. We can't predict our kids' future or protect them from everything. What we can do is lovingly and consistently pass this hope down, pass this treasure down. Listen, there, there's a lot that could be said on how we're to do this. They're, they're really And listen, I actually did kind of a whole talk in our summit on this. There's a link and all that kind of stuff. Go, go watch. I think it'll encourage you. But here's what I want to say today. Two things. First, we must find time to remember our hope. You personally, me personally, this is just you and God or me and God. It's just you and you're finding time to remember your hope. This is those daily unseen practices of life, of remembering our hope in Christ. That if you don't have those, I promise you, the world will wane you of any spiritual strength or vitality in your life. That we must commit to the everyday rhythm, and I would even say probably multiple times a day rhythm of remembering our hope in God. That's through reading God's Word. That's through praying. That's through confessing sins to others. That's through reading good books and singing spiritual songs. Those things set our hope, our treasure, back on what is essential and removes the non-essential. Because here's the truth. If we don't make the time and commit to that rhythm, the non-essential in our life will creep back up and become essential. So we must remember our hope and find time to do that. And second, we must find time to pass down this hope. Of course, to find time to remember just you and God. But we must find time in the life of our family, in the life of our people, to pass this hope down. This practice should be daily between you and God, and I believe in you and your family. There should be time in there. And listen, here's my encouragement, is do not make this a big production. Here's what I would say. Short and consistent is better than big and infrequent. If you're hitting that five, ten minutes a day of reading God's Word, praying, encouraging your kids to remember this hope, consistently every single day, over time, making deposit after deposit in the life of your family. And here's the second thing I'll say about that. We need to establish this rhythm during this season. 
Here's what we're doing, is that we are making sure that we understand the essential, how to do the essential, how to live with the essential, and to walk in the essential, so that when life kind of comes back to normal here in a few weeks or even a few months, we have learned what is essential, and then we can bring the non-essential back into our life in its rightful place. But friends, if we don't learn now, in kind of this quiet quarantine period, how to like truly set our hopes on God and pass this hope down, I'm afraid we'll never learn this rhythm. So let today be a day that you as a family, over this weekend that we've all been encouraged together to begin to learn how to walk in really a new way of life for our family, to leverage this crisis for this like kind of stop moment in our family. We look back in a year, 5, 10, 15 years, and we marvel at all that God has done. I'm going to end with this question. What legacy can we establish in the midst of this crisis? What legacy can you and your family establish in the midst of this crisis? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, you're so good to us, Father. I ask that uh, you bless each family that's watching this, that's a part of this with us, Lord, that you would bless us with you and your presence. That we as a people would remember our unshakable hope in you. And that we would focus our efforts on the people you have given us, the children you have given us. And we begin to pass those down through simple rhythms every single day in our lives of remembering our hope and celebrating our hope we have in you. I pray blessings that we look back years from now and we see you've done a mighty work in our hearts and lives. Lord, we love you. Bless us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.